Thinking Aloud, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today I want to address the question of are spirits real? And uh, I'm doing that knowing that the day prior to the release of this particular monologue in presence number 196, I will have already released the interview with uh, paraanthropologist or paraanthropologist Jack Hunter looking at the ontological status of spiritual entities. In other words, asking the very same question, are spirits real? And he addresses it largely from the anthropological perspective, of course, with a background in parapsychology as well. But I thought I would chip in and, and, and put my two cents into this question. Uh, for those of you who have viewed one of my earlier in-presence monologues about uh, my uncle Harry, and I'm going to link to it right now in the upper right-hand corner if you haven't, it's worth it. It's it's uh, uh, one of my favorite in-presence monologues. And in it, I describe a dream I had in which my uncle Harry came to me, and it was so powerful the dream was realer than real, realer than this physical reality. It was so real that when I awoke from the dream, I was singing an old Jewish melody and crying at the same time. It affected me profoundly. And I have to say, probably in a big part of my personality and character today is a result of that dream that occurred nearly 50 years ago. So, as I look back on that dream in which my Uncle Harry appeared to me and I learned only later that he had just died, the dream gives me pause to say, yeah, are spirits real? I've always thought so because of that dream. But I suppose it might be fair to say that a spiritual realm is real. There is a realm in which things are more real, they seem more impactful, especially at the emotional level, than this physical reality. Now, it sort of begs the question of, are spirits actually real? Is my Uncle Harry real in the spirit world? That gets to be a much more complex question. And the reason I think of it as more complex, uh, because in one sense, it's obvious when you have a, a dream of a deceased loved one, that person is, you could say they exist in a dream body, but they're the same person the same spirit as when they were alive in a physical body. It sure seems that way. It does. And, and it's perfectly reasonable, I think, to assume that there, there's a reality behind that uh, seeming appearance. On the other hand, there's a whole school of psychology that suggests that even the self is not real. And I've experienced that. I, back in the days when I was an undergraduate student, even long before my dream of Uncle Harry, I was making a diary 
I was keeping a diary on uh, audio tape. I turn on my tape recorder and record my impressions. And I, uh, on one occasion, went through a, a lengthy monologue in which I explained to myself that I am not Jeffrey Mishlove. Jeffrey Mishlove is a label that was attached to this body when I was born by my parents. Jeffrey Mishlove has a historical identity, was born in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin in December 4th, 1946 at 1.20 a.m. But that's not who I really am. I had a sense that my inner essence is completely different. And ironically, very ironically, that sense of identity is consistent with an article published, as I recall, in Science by the uh, well-known skeptic of parapsychology, Dr. Susan Blackmore, who was uh, also a an out-of-body experiencer and uh, a member of the parapsychological community, and then uh, really became much more identified as a, as a skeptic. Although, to my knowledge, Susan still maintains friendships with people in parapsychology, and someday she may be a very interesting person uh, to see if uh, we can bring her on this show as a guest. But she points out, and I think there's a large school of thought that is in agreement with her, that the self is a concept in the mind. It's not a thing. It's a concept. We all have a concept of ourselves and a concept of other people as selves. But, uh, you know, even the Buddhists go so far as, as to promulgate a very important doctrine they call anatta, meaning no self. No self. That the self is an illusion, a concept, or sometimes uh, the way the Buddhists would put it, that it is uh, selves, our sense of self, is something that uh, is, is part of uh, what they call codependent arising, our idea of ourself, which is powerful. I, you know, I brought this up once with my friend Charlie Tart. I said, you know, the Buddhists say we don't have a self. And he's, his attitude was, well, I sure think I do. And I'm pretty sure most of our viewers would feel the same way. But uh, to illustrate the point a little more subtly, uh, a story is told of the Buddha who, who's giving a lecture and talking about his past lives. There's something called the Jataka Tales, in which the Buddha is describing his many past lives, his past lives as animals, his past lives, I think, even as a fish in one instance, as a deer, uh, and as human past lives. And uh, after he gave the talk, one of his disciples came up to him and said, so, you believe in past lives? The Buddha said, no. And the man was puzzled and he said, so you don't believe in past lives? And the Buddha said, no. <laughs> the man walked away scratching his head and later on, the Buddha's disciple, uh, Ananda, a scribe, his cousin, came up to him and, and said, well, why did you say that you don't believe in past lives? You do believe in past lives? He said, what, what was that all about? And the Buddha 
explain to Ananda, it didn't matter whether I said I believe in past lives or I don't believe in past lives. Either way, he would have misunderstood me. So, it has to do with ultimately, uh, in Buddhist thought, and I'm very comfortable with Buddhist thought, that ultimate reality, the ground of being, is at a deep, deep level, a level beyond all concepts, a level beyond all thoughts, something related to negation theology, that anything you can say about it is incorrect. That you can only negate everything. Once you've negated everything, you get there. That's uh, one way of thinking about nirvana. And, and it's a way that some uh, theologists in the Western tradition also think about God. It's beyond all definition, all characterization. That's at a very deep level. But then there are these notions of sheaths. You know, most of us don't live our lives at that deepest level. I think it's essential that we understand that we are connected to the whole universe, to everything, because we are part of that ground of being. We only exist by virtue of the ground of being that connects us to the entire universe. I think that is like kindergarten spirituality. It is so essential. But we are in the physical world. Most of us are identified with our physical body. That's our sense of self. And spirits don't have physical bodies. Spirits, you might say, they have a dream body, an astral body, an etheric body, a mental body, a Buddhist body. There are these notions of sheaths that cover the spirit. And uh, the thing is, they all fall away at some point. In the ultimate state of samadhi or nirvana, there are no more sheaths left. You're bare naked. And when you're bare naked, maybe there's nothing at all. So th there's this sense that spirits exist, spirits are real at one level. You might say in the astral plane, they're really real. Uh, at other levels, they don't exist. Or you might put it this way, at other levels, you can't count spirits because all spirits are one spirit. Or uh, another way to think of it, another level is every thought we have is a spiritual entity. That's what Rudolf Steiner said. So each and every thought, each and every thought is a spiritual entity, maybe not a being, maybe not a being with self-awareness. That's another question. And, and you know, the, <laughs> it would take much more than a short monologue to talk about the different levels of consciousness, uh, especially uh, as described in the theosophical literature, for example, the causal plane, the Buddhist plane, the mental plane, the emotional plane, the etheric plane, the astral plane, and uh, what it means to have beingness at each of those levels. So, uh, bottom line, what I'm saying is, yes, spirits exist at some level, and at other levels, the idea drops away entirely. There is no such thing as a self of any kind. There is only pure, spacious awareness. So, I'll leave you with that, and 
I guess as is my habit, I'll leave you with a question as well. Do you believe in spirits? Have you ever experienced a ghost, for example? Have you ever had contact with a deceased loved one? And how, how do you hold that in your mind? Do you hold that as a experience with an autonomous, self-conscious spiritual entity? Or do you hold it in some other way? Thank you for being with me.